Roses are red, violets are blue. We are Perfect Emotion. Here is podcast number two. Exchange podcast. This means that we pick something for someone else to watch, play, or read, and then we talk about it. As always, if a host does not fulfill their duties, they must suffer a punishment. They must watch the next Police Academy movie in line. So the more times people fail, the worse the punishment gets. Uh, with me today, I've got Dave. Hello. And here's Robotnik. Robotnik, I can handle that. I can handle that. And I've also got Sandy. Hello. This week, we are trying to have a romantic theme, as we are releasing on a Valentine's weekend. Keeping with the theme, I have chosen to give Dave Dinner Date. And Dinner Date is a game where you play as a man subconscious as he's waiting for a girl to turn up so he can take her on a date. Over to you, Dave. Yeah, as Alan says, Dinner Date, uh, a game you take control of, uh, Julian Luxembourg. You do not influence his story at all, so I'm not really sure how it really is described as a game. It's more a cut, single cutscene where you uh, have lots of uh, quick-time events that do not alter the story. Uh, I didn't really enjoy this game. Uh, I saw the point of it and understand why it's done, but it's not a game that I'd, I enjoyed playing. I found it quite boring and uh, was just hoping for it to be done. But luckily it was only 25 minutes, so it, it didn't take long. Uh, well, I, I wasn't expecting you to, to hugely like the game, and so that's why I... I decided to give it to you because I knew it was quite small. So I knew Dave won't like this, but he'll see it through to the end because it's 20 minutes long. <laughs> I'm suddenly feeling anxious about your decision for me this week. <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't like it, but it was short, so you didn't have to suffer that much. <laughs> Alan, everyone. So what did Dave do to deserve this punishment, Alan? Nothing. It was just... I don't know, it's a game that... I I like. I think it's nice and it's sort of whimsical and sort of on a flight of fans. I'm like, yeah, that game's cool. Like, I might go, I want a lollipop now. <laughs> it, it's not a huge amount of substance to the game. It sort of it exists in that 20 minute slot, and that's that's it. So it's yeah. I felt also it, it promised more in its tutorial than it really could uh, provide. Yeah, it did. The tutorial's a bit weird. There was a tutorial for a 25 minute game. Yeah, it, it gave you control over hand, and so and it gave a button for each finger so you can make a fist control each finger so I was like ooh is this going to be like a um, Octodad sort of game and uh, it's going to yes. be like really fun you're on a dinner day you have to reach for your glass of wine drink it without looking like a fool I was quite excited by that I thought that was going to be great fun <laughs> <laughs> what you're asking for is literally Octodad <laughs> I'm really thinking that and, but um, yeah so we got into the game and you can, can take control of small action so you can look at the clock you can look around, take a drink of wine, dip your bread in sauce or your soup. You can eat some of your soup, and you, or you can smoke. There's three chapters, I think. First one, you're sitting at your table. You look at the wall, look at the clock. Next, you get your soup out because she's taking too long, so you start eating your soup. Then you're drinking your wine, and then you're smoking a cigarette. Since it's so short, I felt no attachment to the guy i just didn't care about him <laughs> and so when he was sitting there whining like fretting about his job his headhunter his friend jerry that's out dancing how he's hoping to have sex that night i just couldn't get he came across as just a little whiny irritating <laughs> it didn't help that he starts quoting byron halfway through it that is never good yeah so yeah it just didn't really do much for me because it was just like, it felt like a cutscene that I had small control over and that I just wasn't interested in. Yeah, I, I see what you're, you're saying with that. I, I found him a little whiny as well, but I... Because the game's from the point of view of you're his subconscious. You're sort of listening in on his inner monologue going along. And so I sort of forgave its uh, transgressions of being whiny because you just... <laughs> everyone's got that going on in their minds. Yeah, um, I think GameZone said it best for it. It's as an intellectual experiment, dinner data is interesting yeah. and even profound. As a meta-narrative about social constructs that confront the modern man, it's fascinating. As a game, it barely qualifies. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's at the bare minimum of interactivity. Of There's just this yeah. speech going on, and you can choose during the speech to eat some bread. And that's sort of, that's all the interactivity there is. But I, yeah. I, I like you, you have 
you have a little like sauce that you can dip it in. I dipped it twelve <laughs> times, hoping it would fall apart or do something, and then he'd like change what he was saying. But no, he just sat there dipping it, and then he finally took a solemn bite of it when I made him. It was kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> there were no repercussions to any of anything. None at all. Really. No. Okay. His monolo- monologue doesn't change at all, no matter what you do. Oh. So basically. You know how Half-Life does its cutscenes, and you you can wander around, but you're not really changing anything. Oh, why Dr. Kleinen doesn't ever notice that I'm just crouching <laughs> and up, standing up in front of him constantly when he's explaining me physics. It, it's that, but you're talking, and you can just move a hand around and not really do much. I, 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 yeah. uh, that would be so the anyway. best Half-Life mod. You could be Kleiner jumping around while you're describing <laughs> physics. I, yeah, I just didn't really think it was that fun, and I, the story wasn't that interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it. It's not really a, a fun game, but I, I enjoyed it. As a sort of enjoyment to 20 minute to time spent ratio, I found it was quite high, if only because it's exactly 20 minutes long. Yeah. Um, I counted myself dipping the bread because I was so bored, oh, no. hoping something would happen. I liked it, but I played it a second time early today, and I'm quite glad I don't have to play it a third. <laughs> um, yeah. I will say that. Um, th- Though uh, the music was an original score written for it, and it was really good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I I watched the YouTube trailer, and I thought, oh, yeah, the the music's quite nice. Yeah, that was really well done. Yeah, He got a guy in to write it especially for it. I'm not going to try and pronounce the name. Or actually, I might. Van Van Nispan Tot Pandaran. Pandaran? You just made that up. No, no, I've got it written in front of me. I made notes (laughs) this time. And I thought the audio recording of for Julian was pretty poor. He stumbled and mumbled a bit, and uh, sometimes I couldn't tell what he was saying. Yeah. And so that broke my immersion to it. I get that it's a little poor, but I liked that it was imperfect. Again, it gave the sense of feeling of it was just some guy's thought and not, you know, yeah. the hero of the galaxy took giving a speech. It definitely did that, and it definitely did it well. Yeah. It's just yeah. not a game that I would be interested in, so it wasn't... So I didn't engage with it how I yeah. think you're supposed to engage. And if I did, I'm sure it'd be much better than, than what I'm saying. And if someone gave it to me for free and I played it, fine. I probably wouldn't make it these plays, but I saw it for uh, one ninety nine, I think. I was like, I oh, may as well buy it. It can't be that bad. <laughs> uh, I wasted one ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> I bought like most of a pint. I do have to say the the strange sound effects in the game are quite nice. I've never heard a game do the sounds of someone eating quite so well. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that, that, that's true. I think he probably just recorded himself eating. But it, it sounds quite like you're you're actually eating, and it's inside your head. It's different yeah. from the person next to you is is you know a bit horrible and eating. Yeah, you're right. Loudly. You're right there. Yeah, definitely right. Yeah, so it's it's definitely an experience. I I, I would say it's an experience worth having once. I, I, yeah, two ninety nine, one ninety nine, was it? Yeah, it's probably the limit of what I'd say you should spend. I'll give you that, and if someone comes over and wants to play it, I, I, I'd probably say go for it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it's not something I would ever do it again. I've, I've never ever felt that. Like you know what I need now? I need to uh, spend the next twenty five minutes playing a game and experience being stood up on a date. That's really what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it give it that point. It's not. High selling points with that. Uh, <laughs> it as it, it's an experimental and interesting idea, but see, that's why I tell myself when I'm set up for a day. <laughs> you also get drunk like he does, Alan. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> did you leave to go dancing? Yeah, I think he did at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think he always does. I didn't remember that. I just remember getting drunk at the end of the game, but. That's the only thing I got the second time. It's like game over. You get so drunk, you just black out. Game over. You stumble a few times onto the table. No, that, that's like your subconscious leaves him. He goes out to dance, and just the subconscious just starts going through the kitchen like a rat. It's a weird game. I think that's all can, that can be said about it. If you're interested in the concept, go ahead and play it. If it does, the in concept doesn't sound interesting, just leave it alone. Yeah, should we move on? After Nick's uh, stressful week last week playing The Walking Dead, I decided to give him a fun little film to watch called The Angel's Share. This is a Scottish movie where a group of Neds decide to steal some very expensive whiskey to make some money. Nick, how'd you find it? Odd. It was enjoyable, but odd. 
it felt like a heist scene that was going to have a moral, and there was no moral. It starts out with um, a young lad called Robbie, who is uh, in Glasgow, and therefore constantly beating people up and being beaten up, as is my cultural belief that Glasgow is. He becomes a father, you know, with that wife, with that girlfriend he has. Therefore, Dave was right, there's romance in this. Look at you fit into the theme, Dave. I don't remember the theme when I since last time I watched it. When I watched it again, I was like, ooh, I was right. You were. Well done. He narrowly avoids jail time and is put on community service and befriends the community service man, guy who runs it. And he teaches him to love whiskey, as all good civil servants should. And Scott. Um, oh, yes, yes, of course. I hardly noticed this, this was Scottish. There was only lots of kilts, Edinburgh Castle, uh, Iron Brew, and the Proclaimers all the time. You know. It was a very proud Scottish film. It was. It was very Scottish. The little Northern England man in me raged. Build up that wall. Build it up. So, yeah. He he loves whiskey. He's uh, very good at sniffing whiskey and tasting it. And... Oh, well, look, would you have it? There's a very expensive whiskey about to be open. So in order to get out of Glasgow so he can become a good father, he decides that he should uh, arrest as a human by getting away from crime. To do that, he must steal the whiskey. Him and his uh, three friends that met at the community service thing all go and steal whiskey. They sell the whiskey. Everyone ends happy. That's pretty much the film. Yeah, that is pretty much the film. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a big uh, contradiction where it's like, I need to be a better person, so therefore, I'm going to steal some whiskey. Yeah, and that's where I thought the moral would come in. If someone tries to be a better person, and then that happens, like, eh, the world's going to teach you no. But, I don't know, it's different, and I quite like that. Not every film should have a ridiculous moral. But, uh, it was just like a strange... It, it was an interesting film, and out of nowhere came a heist. Where nothing went wrong. No, not well. The idiot destroyed a bottle of whiskey, but that that just lessened their profits at the end. Although I'm not even sure it did. Well, they had four bottles of whiskey, and then they oh. broke two, and then they sold one, and they gave one away. Yes. Oh, and he got a job out of it. Part of the stealing whiskey and selling it is like, yeah, you'll pay us this much, and I'll have a job, please. And he got a job, and he used his money to buy a. The camper van thing, and drove away with his wife. No girlfriend, so yes, and yeah. baby. Yeah, I think um, the major theme in this film was uh, um, trying, trying to uh, better your stars and uh, break away from the life you're born into. Yeah, we I mean, felt was strange because it's at odds with the act that they're all doing. I know. Um, yeah, because there's a big uh, similarity to Romeo and Juliet, except for they don't die at the end. With uh, how um, his father. <laughs> And his girlfriend's father fought a lot. And oh, yeah. Him they... and his um, girlfriend's brother fight a lot. Yeah. So he tries to uh, get them away from this and manages to. But yeah, it doesn't end in a double suicide. But Yeah, that's the one thing this film was lacking was double suicide. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's, it's, it's never in enough films these days. <laughs> Why, why is there no double suicides in the Transformers films? Just saying Shia LaBeouf. Come on. <laughs> Did you... That's what they were missing. Yeah, see? Um, Did you watch it on American Netflix? Pardon? Did you watch it on American Netflix? Yes. I didn't need the subtitles. <laughs> yeah, um, well, because it's Scottish and it's full of Scottish accents, no one can understand anyone in it. So American Netflix forces subtitles on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which was uh, unnecessary, at least on my part. And quite amusing when they try to spell Scottish words. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a fun film. Um, good background telly, I guess. It's dinner party. It's, um, it sounds like a Scottish, slightly more serious version of an Irish movie called Holy Water. Where the townspeople, uh, the townspeople in a small village realise that there is a big factory up the road that's producing lots of drugs and selling them out to the country. Now, this factory is producing Viagra, so they decide to steal a load of Viagra and then sell it on. But they get as far as stealing the Viagra, hiding it down a well, 
and then they cancel it on because they realise they've got no criminal connections. And then, you know, private security come along to get it back. But because they put the Viagra down a well, water's coming along and sort of dissolving some of the Viagra. Oh, God. And then the town gets... It becomes Wrecked. famous as a tourist attraction for, you know, revitalising youth and relationships. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> it doesn't sound anything like this film at all, well, Alan. It was like a house between some people who are down on their luck and they do one last crime to store a load of money to break away from crime. That sounds like every other heist film I've ever seen. Is there any wizards in it, Alan? There are no wizards. <laughs> right, okay, I'm out. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I only have much more to say about The Angel Share. It was a fun film. Um, yeah, it had a good cast. There was a lot of people you rec- you half recognise in it. Yeah, like, um, oh, what was his name? The guy that ran the community service thing. Harry. He was always the, the, the friendly... Yeah, uh, John, played by John Hens- Henshaw. That was it, yeah. Does he play the friendly neighbourhood, Scott? Yeah. And also the guy they sell whiskey to. Oh, yeah. He's played by Roger Allen. Who I always think is almost but not quite Tim Curry. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like ah, cheap man Tim Curry, eh? Although I think that about pretty much every actor. All roles should be Tim Curry. Yeah, he really does remind me of Tim Curry. Who is Tim Curry? Um, um, he's the uh, Dr. Frankenfurt on Rocky Horror Picture Show. And he is... Also, Alan, you watch Psych, don't you? Yeah. He's a lot of wizards, actually. You remember the double, um, the singing show one with the um, America duos? Yeah. He's the angry judge in that episode. Okay, I think I know. Yeah. Okay. I googled him for you. Oh, I know who Tim Curry is. Why didn't you just say the Blackbeard from the Muppets Pirate Treasure movie? He's more like Nigel Thornberry. He is Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> he was also in Home Alone 2. He was the Home only Alone good thing about Home yeah. Alone 2. Okay, well, I think we're breaking away a bit here. <laughs> Sorry, back to, back to whiskey. I do like whiskey. Uh, I do. But, yeah. Um, I've not got much more to say about it again. I'm One that. big thing I didn't like about it was because... Um, through the first half of the film, they make a big thing about his uh, girlfriend's father hating him and his girlfriend's brother hating him. They fight a lot. And then once the heist goes down, they just forget about it and just don't care. I think the point is they move away. I still think they could have tied it up because yeah. his, his father offered him five grand to move to London and just get away. And he didn't take it. So this could be could be like... Because he wanted to be with his son. Yeah, well, he could just... They could have done a nice resolving of the father being okay with the moving away because he has a job now. I don't think that really would have worked, though, because the point is they have a large, like, blood feud. Yeah. Should we take five? Oh, there's notes on both sides. I'm a tool. Ah, okay. I just... Okay, once again, I googled Alpha Rogue, expecting the game. It, it wasn't the game. It's just a half-naked man. <laughs> and that was recording, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> All right. That was a doctor. Okay. Doctor now it is my choice, and I gave Sandy the uh, secret of Monkey Island to play. The classic point-and-click adventure. Way back from the 1990s. So I guess... Uh, now I've introduced it, we should find out whether Sandy podcasts like a dairy farmer. <laughs> I did play enough to get that reference. Do you know the correct retort? Um, her fitting, uh, or something like that, um, that you fight like a cow. Yes. Well, <laughs> not that sort of way. Uh, I didn't play the 1990s version, I played the... Uh, special edition, so the remake that was released a few years ago, so in 2009. Yeah, that so was they quite good. revamped it. The I don't know whether they changed the game at all, but the graphics, they definitely changed. They changed the graphics, and I believe in the options, or somewhere on the screen, or a button you can push, we'll change it back to the old graphics. 
Oh, so it's I see. just a one for one of the game. Okay, so all the interactions and things like that, all the dialogue, yep. is still the same. Was there voiceover in the? Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, mm. But yes, um, it's about uh, Guybrush Threepwood, and he's uh, let's say a weedy-looking guy, but he wants to be a pirate. So you follow him on an adventure to complete trials and become a fully-fledged pirate. And as a whole, I did enjoy it. I played three hours of it, and I got to the bit where um, you... Well, I finished the trials, and the governor was kidnapped, and I was on my way to finding a pirate crew. And what, what I did like about it was the incredible humor. It was just brilliant, and it was really clever, and the, the, the dialogue was really good. Artwork was nice as well. And I think one specific thing that I really liked was the kind of almost like an adaptation to what your responses were to certain um, options uh, in, the, in the dialogue. So, for example, we'll say uh, you go to the shopkeeper and there's a possibility where you take the sword and walk out and you essentially steal his sword, and um, he notices, and after that, all his interactions with you change. And I think for a 1990s game, I, I haven't played many 1990s games, but it just... You could just say the 90s. Oh, <laughs> the 90s games. <laughs> it um, doesn't really happen. It's all very repetitive. Yeah, this is a, a Lucasfilms games and LucasArts. They made interesting games back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I really like that about it. And yeah, but the, there were things that I didn't like in particular that it was very slow paced. Mm. Thought that things were just happening really slowly. For example, if I wanted to walk to the governor's house, I'd have to walk through the port, then town, then the second part of town, and then I'd have to walk up to the, up the cliff to the governor's house. And it, it everything just took really long. Yeah. Guy with three points, never in a rush. <laughs> Is that a line in the game? I didn't notice that. No, oh, okay. no it's not. It. He's just very slow. I see, I see. But yeah, that... I believe in the second one they sort of fix that by you sort of wander around like a large map and you go to those places, so you just walk out of an area to go to a map and then right, okay. quicker travel. But that's on the second one. Yeah, on the first one, the map, um, you, you have to actually travel through a route to get to certain mm. places, and that took a long time as well. So, yeah. yeah, that I wasn't very happy with. And there were also bits of small technical issues, like the, the cursor positioning. You have to kind of point slightly below the text to click on it. Oh, Yeah, right. I, I don't know whether that was just me. Maybe that was just me and my settings, but that caused me a lot of problems. Sometimes I actually picked the wrong option. Um, and also sometimes the game doesn't tell you the things you've... Uh, done so if you uh, there's part in the game where you have to steal a, a chunk of meat and um, there's a pot next to it there's a pot of stew and for fun I was like oh yes I'll, I'll just put it in the stew and see what happens I put it in the stew and the meat was gone I was like oh my god I, would, I need that meat I need that meat and I went to pick it up and for some reason I couldn't I kept on clicking it I couldn't but it turns out it was already in my inventory it, it just didn't appear didn't tell me that that oh. had happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that th issue came up a couple of times. I'm just reading here that I was wrong. The voice work wasn't in the original. The what, sorry? I thought that it was... The voice acting wasn't oh, okay. in the original. The voice acting but was it, really good. Yeah. There was... Uh, I used to play another game that's just after this in the 1990s called the Tentacle, which was the same engine, and that was voice acting, which I, uh -huh. I thought it was, but no. Oh, okay, so there was potential for voice acting, but it wasn't in this game. No. I see, I see. But no, they, they did do the voice acting very well. I thought it was Matthew Broderick for a long time. 
Uh, I thought it was him who played Guybrush Threepwood, but it wasn't. So, yeah. Is that bad or good? I don't know, it just sounded like him. It's neither okay. bad nor good. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I'd uh, played about an hour, and uh, I was chatting to Dave and Alan, and I was having a really bad time, or a really hard time. I was really stuck. And uh, Alan just suggested, how about you just look at the walkthrough? And I did. And it was then when I realized that this wasn't literally just a point and click game. You actually have to use the um, keyboard keys. So for an entire hour, I hadn't acquired anything that couldn't be acquired through uh, dialogue. Oh, right, yes. Because in the original, there was a whole like bottom half of your screen was filled with buttons like open, close, push, yeah, pull, walk that... to, pick up, talk to, give, use, look at, turn on, turn yeah, off. Yeah, that was what I yeah what I was expecting. But yeah, the P and the G and the keyboard keys did stuff. So for an hour, I'd only had I think mints and the minutes and two pieces of eight, and I was walking around thinking I am so stuck. Oh. I felt so stupid. But no, I figured it out. And um, it it was good. I did enjoy it, and I do intend to finish it. Because it's one of those classics that uh, still gets referred to on, like, a weekly basis between friends. And it's good to know those references, because it is a very clever game. I think it's one of the first games that Tim Schafner worked on. Him and Rob Gilbert, both big names in uh, of LucasArts case. Ah. But Tim Schafer went on to make Double Fine and a bunch of stuff. Mm. And completely fail at kickstarting things decently. Oh, okay. But that's a rant for another day. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's better than Peter Mollocks. Yes, yes. Whoever you pronounce his name. Mollocks. Bubble Bob. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, him and his whole, hey, what do you want to break open this box? Uh, and his recent one was. Some sort of click fest god game. Oh, uh, Peter Mullins has got us. Yeah, was it? Yeah, they they said they were going to produce a full PC game. Uh, produced a mobile version of the game behind schedule beforehand. That was free to play, and now they've practically given up on making PC version of the game. <laughs> Their official stance is it's pants. So we didn't hire somebody to work on it, and instead found somebody who'd work for free to try and fix it. But we're not letting <laughs> him change things because it's my game. <laughs> Wow, that that doesn't sound like it's going to go well. Uh, people are using it as a like the biggest failure of uh, Kickstarter and stuff like that. But people are pointing out it's just Peter Mollinks. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. Do you remember back in the early two thousands where like black and white and Fable and things like this game's going to literally let you do anything? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's just all right. I mean, it's all right, but you, well, you sold good. it. Black and white one was brilliant. Black yeah. and white two, not so much. That's another yeah. game I need to play. Another one of those classics. Fable, I feel, I, he always sold it to me. Uh, when I was playing Fable two, I was like, oh, this is what it should have been. Fable two is really good. Yes. Yeah. Fable one, I felt a bit constricting. Yeah. Uh, what he yeah. was trying to say, oh, you can do anything. No, it's sort of a linear adventure. It's just Fable two, but it's like more openish. Mm. I'm um I'm annoyed that Fable Two hasn't got a PC release. Oh. Although Fable Three is just riddled with bugs and is just so annoying to play that oh, I haven't finished it. But <laughs> I don't want to. is it worth playing Fable Three though? Fable Two for me was really good, and well, did they add any, did they add anything more to Fable Three that wasn't I, already I, in? I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, Paper Shotguns recently six hours ago put an article on the Goddess. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's why I was thinking of it. Um, I read that. But, um, I don't know. Fable 3, the magic system is broken. Uh, All the spells are quite useful compared to melee, but there's just one spell that's just like, I can win the game by doing this. <laughs> Back to Monkey Island. Monkey Island, yes. Uh, of course, yeah, there's the uh, Valentine's uh, theme to it, and um, the love interest, obviously, is uh, the governor herself. It, it happens very quickly. We meet yes. her in one scene. I was like, of course, she's going to be the love interest. She's the first female, or maybe second, depending on how we played the game. Yeah, there were there were hints of um, 
romance there, Guybrush kind of just is speechless and you get options to say specific words and they're all like, or gosh, or golly. And okay. Do you remember that? Yum? Yum. No, not yum. Oh, no. no. Oh. You had golly and gosh. Golly and gosh. And then, <laughs> or mm. He got some more tongue tied. <laughs> I quite like the, the way they did it. But yeah, I've got to say, I went with the Dave approach of let's pick something. I think it's got a love subplot in there. <laughs> and I think the subplot may be more in um, the second one. How has it aged? How has it aged? Is it still. Are you like certainly playing a game from the nineties, or are you just playing a slightly lower graphical quality game? I think it has the the, the special edition did revitalize it a lot, but it still yeah. has the issue of it being quite slow. So that was my main gripe with it, I guess. Okay. I particularly like scene in uh, Monkey Island where uh, you have no control over a guy brush, and he's like, in the governor's house. And he, uh, you walk into the room and all these things happen. So whenever you do something in Monkey Island, on the bottom left-hand corner, it, it says what you're doing. So you say, um, pick up um, chicken uh, or uh, walk to door. So this kind of a, a dialogue um, comes up. And in one particular scene, the you walk into the room, so you're... You can't see Guybrush, but he's doing all these things that you, you're not doing. There's the, um, what was it, the uh, quarrelsome rhino. So you're battling a rhino, and you're just watching this scene unfold. Uh, it's quite funny. It's difficult to describe. You're like watching just like a door, aren't you? Yeah. Like being battered or something, and it just says in the bottom, like, random nonsense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's like pow and boom and bang and things like that. And the camera's moving across the room, but Guybrush is in the next room, so you can't see him, but you're panning alongside him. But that bit I really liked. Yeah, just little things that make the game quite quirky. In the original edition, they had DRM, so you had to enter a code, and inside the box came one of these little code wheels. And it'd give you a code on the game, and you'd have to like decipher it with the wheel, and that ah, would be the TRS. I see. So it would be a different code each time. Oh, oh the first time, each time, first time someone installed it. So in back in the days without lots of internet, that would have worked. <laughs> yeah. But now that'd be broken within an hour of the game release. Oh yeah, you you, you could just take a picture yeah. of the wheel. <laughs> yeah. But before there was. Internet, such a prevalence of internet, yeah, yeah, it would yeah. actually it was, probably work quite well. Yeah, I think I think Monkey Island had some influences on um, Pirates of the Caribbean. What, just the pirate theme? <laughs> well, the, the carefree in the humor of it all. I'm not. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it probably does because it's one of the more modern pirate references. Because before that, you kind of hit Muppets Treasure Island. Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to Tim Curry. <laughs> He's everywhere this week. Oh, another um, notable. Last week it was John Candy. This week it's <laughs> Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. Yeah, Tim Curry. Mm. What's more Valentine's than Tim Curry? <laughs> anyway, back to Monkey Island. Another thing I wanted to say was the combat mechanics I thought was really clever. So the whole witty uh, retort was quite good. Wait, so you don't fight, you just sort of... Yes, exactly. Yeah. So oh. one of the ones that the one that Nick said, uh, you fight like a dairy farmer. You get options, uh, retorts, and the other one was like, well, that is, uh, I can't remember the exact one. How appropriate you That's fight it. like yeah, a cow. How appropriate you fight like a cow, uh, and things like that. Can I just read off a few of these comeback insults and comebacks? Nobody's ever drawn blood from me, and nobody mm-hmm. ever will. And the comeback is. You run that fast? Oh, I didn't get that one. I didn't get that comeback. You make me want to puke. You make me think someone already (laughs) did. Uh, My handkerchief will wipe up your blood. Stop picking your nose. So you got that job as... What? No, so you got that job as janitor after all. Oh, yes, yes. The picking the nose one is a different. Oh, I would have failed the game. I would have died. Well, not die. You can't die in... Mm, Secret of Monkey Island. Oh no, you can. You can drown. 
There are no clever moves that can help you now. Come back. Yes, there is. You just haven't learned them. <laughs> Ooh. Um. Yeah, I believe the fighting master and the actual combat, some of the comebacks have changed slightly. Which is quite interesting. Oh, between the 90s but I'll leave the, the rest of them. The... No, because you fight some pirates later on. Oh, see, i got to play on there. I have to play on. Yeah, I did. I must admit, I did press the hint button a few times. Yeah, I think that's perfectly <laughs> allowable. If it has a hint button, it means they want you to press it. Rather than look at walkthroughs. Yeah. See, I had to go I remember through the I got... to know that there was a hint button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You seem to be quite at a disadvantage of not knowing you could use a keyboard. It was when... This game may not have the best tutorial. It was when the walkthrough said, uh, pick up this thing. And I clearly remembered that I'd click on that thing many times and I couldn't pick it up. So I went into the options to look at the controls and I saw all these new buttons. I was like, oh my goodness. My life has been a lie. This was made back in the day when games came with massive mm. manuals. Oh, and you would love read them, them like, and on, you would love on reading the car them. ride yes. home from the yes. shop. I know. Oh, I just want to read the manual, the color manuals. Ah, uh, yes. Anyway, this has been uh, going on for a bit, so let's move on okay. to the next game. So, uh, this week I gave Alan the comic book Why the Last Man about Yorick, who is the last man on Earth. So, Alan, how did you find it? Yeah, it's a it's a weird one because it's. Sort of, it, it's about Yorick, the last man on Earth, and his monkey. Ah, yes. Can't forget his monkey, who's, who's also male. But every other male thing on the planet is just dead. Um, and so the world kind of quickly falls to apocalypse because half the population has gone dead. That means a lot of people in the Senate has died. A lot of airplanes fell out of the sky. <laughs> there was every single piece of traffic suddenly crashed because all the driving, well... Most half, most whatever, I don't know what the statistics are for truckers, but a lot of people died in the roads, and then a lot of people crashed the cars into other people. So even if there were women drivers, I'd say a lot of them probably died. There are women drivers. You know what I mean. We're not Saudi Arabia, of course. No, we're not. But, we went um, not a sexist so quickly that it was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Failure. But, no. Uh, so, yeah, the apocalypse setup actually happens really quickly. So it starts off with the apocalypse happening and a quick setup of how people react in the next sort of 20 seconds or so after it happens. And then it quickly just goes back to, oh, half an hour ago. And it introduces you to a load of characters they're going to use later on. So not all of them are used straight away. Some of them are a few issues and episodes down the line. But they do sort of bring them back. But it's really interesting to see how these things evolve as you're going down the list. Um so the main character is Yorick. He's a magician. And he's an English major? A wizard, you say? <laughs> no, just a magician. Oh. And an English major. And he starts off talking to his girlfriend. And of course, when the apocalypse happens, the phone lines die. I don't know if it's instantly or sometime afterwards, but he gets cut off from his girlfriend mid-conversation. He's like, oh no. And he doesn't realise what's gone on for a while. And he locks himself in his room. So he doesn't realise that he is the last man on Earth. And a lot of people don't realise that all the men have died. They just think there's a play going on. So it's sort of, it time skips from there onwards to when Yorick manages to get to DC to speak to his mother, who's a congresswoman? Um, start with, yes. Yeah, yeah, she's a congresswoman, or what's the other one the Americans have? Um, thingamajig. But anyway, she, so she's in a position of power, and so he goes to her and talks to her and goes, what's going on? By the way, have you noticed I'm the only dude around? And from there, it sort of spirals upwards, and they quickly decide that they need to get him to a scientist who knows what's going on. But of course, you know, infrastructure's down, everything's down. A couple of nuclear reactors blow up, I think. Um, so the world's not quite what it is, and there's no way to drive because all the roads are took up because all the traffic stopped and crashed and blew up and killed everybody. So it's, it starts off quite slow, and it just becomes this travelling companion story quite quickly. And they pick up a couple of stragglers going along. And it's, um... I like it. Yay. I do like it, but it's, a uh, bit strange. Yeah? I have to okay. say that much. 
It, it becomes, this, as I said, this traveling companion thing, but they never have enough traveling companions for them to do interesting things. Oh, uh, okay. So, lack of characters and personalities, is that? I'd say there's a bit of a lack of consistent characters oh, and really? personalities. Oh, really? Okay. Because I kind of. I kind of copped on that when you introduce a new character, they're going to die. Right, okay. <laughs> well, they're going to die, they're going to be incapacitated somehow, and with surprising consistency, that does happen. Yeah, I guess there's a, there is a sense of if this character wasn't there from the beginning and they've introduced them kind of mid-issue mid or mid-volume, <laughs> they're not going to last. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of flashbacks and sort of crossovers, so they, they will often tell like someone else's perspective for a lot of them show so he's got a sister called hero uh, apparently their dad was a big um mm-hmm. literature person and so he's obsessed with giving them crazy names uh shakespeare i think in particular yeah 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 i think you're right and yorick is the um i think the not the clown but the jester so he's a bit of a joker and hero obviously is a hero that kind of thing that comes up quite often yeah. Hero's not originally a hero because she joins the Amazonian tribe? Yes, yes. But she does, she's like really brave and out there and she's willing to risk everything yeah, for what yeah, she believes yeah. in, that kind of thing. Yeah, she is She she is a hero if even yeah, for yeah. the wrong side at times. So the stories will often cross over. So you'll often flash back to Hero and you'll just see Hero talking to somebody you spoke to three issues ago. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a cool bit. And it's nice to keep up with where other people are. I had a lot to say about this, but then I read a new issue that answered <laughs> all my questions and every single point that I had. So in a way, it's very good. It kind of anticipates what the readers are wondering. Yeah. I've, I was going to say, like, spoilers ahead from this point in time. I've said a lot about it, but I wanted okay. to talk about a couple of things. They they spend a bit talking about, there's this crazy Russian lady. She's brilliant. <laughs> I love her. She's got to explain how she has to get across the country because the spacemen are coming. And everyone just dismisses her. It's like, oh, she's a, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about. This this apocalypse is too much for her. Uh, this is Natalia, is that right? Yeah, I think it's Natalia. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and this is written in broken English as well. <laughs> I like that touch. So, yeah, so she is Russian, so she can't speak great English. Fair enough, but she's trying to explain, and she keeps cropping up in the storyline. And eventually it turns out, if you're paying attention, that Yorick being the last man on Earth doesn't mean he's the last man in the universe. And I think that's actually the line <laughs> we need to describe it. And so she believes that the people on the ISS have survived. And indeed, that becomes a plot point of, you know, the, uh, the Soyuz uh-huh. module comes down, uh, and there's two men still on it, but they blow up. Um, I didn't times. warn you about spoilers. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I was going to say was it seems to be a common theme that Yorick goes from town to town, keeps meeting women who really like him and who he really likes, but he doesn't sleep with them because that would be the sensible thing to do as the last man on Earth. Yeah, I was just about to bring this up. Obviously, like, a lot of people, um, you know the old saying, uh, I-, I wouldn't sleep with you even if you were the last man on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> That's out the window. That's out the window. Like, but they, they keep bringing it up all the time. Like, his mother speaks to him about it, and he's like, no, no, I'm not going to go around sleeping with everybody. I'm, I'm engaged to Beth. And that's one of the last things he said to her on the phone. Mm-hmm. Because he proposed to her. Um, so he's sort of pining after his girlfriend in Australia, which is obviously a long way away when all the infrastructure's collapsed. So he keeps going, like, issue to issue, and it's like, hey, you should probably sleep with her. <laughs> like, no, no. I'm no, a man no, of principle. <laughs> He gets quite close to a few women throughout the thing and then just never sleeps with them. And then all of a sudden, he meets this girl at a church and she's like, you have sex? <laughs> Yay! And then they do it in a graveyard. How romantic. And that was such... Why doesn't he just donate sperm? Uh, that was the other point. They've got nowhere to store it because a lot of places don't have electricity. <laughs> in women. There we go. Pum <laughs> pum. Well, he does that. And I'm really expecting... <laughs> her to come back again being pregnant later on because that's what would happen when he meets <laughs> up with his girlfriend. She disappears again and goes, oh, hi, Yorick. I think he's got a pretty solid defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. But it's going to happen in a scene where everyone else is carrying huge water <laughs> and you realize quickly that she's just grabbing her belly or something. Because it is quite yeah. a lot of the humor. I mean, for God's sake, he's the last man on Earth and he's got a monkey. He's the last male monkey on Earth. 
What's the monkey's name? You don't remember? Oh what is Ampersand. I don't remember. Ampersand. Ampersand, that's it. Yeah, I, I just Googled it and it was fantastic. <laughs> Ampersand. Yes. Uh, but it's it's quite nice. I like the time skips because it means people genuinely get injured. So for like a half an issue, they're genuinely injured and limping. And then it's just... Oh, <laughs> got that nice sort of video game sort of... Oh, that was interesting, but we'll move Checkpoint. on from that quite quickly. It's really, I, I can't stress how weird it is, but it's also... What I is the most like weird it. thing uh, about it? Uh, it's how sort of oddly meta it is. Oh, uh, okay. So there's the whole bit that I was saying about he doesn't have sex with people. And then... He gets left as a couple of people go off on an adventure with this secret agent because there's a secret agent traveling with them. So she has secret <laughs> agent friends. Secret agent is called three three five five, and the other secret agent friend is called seven seven seven. Wait, what? He gets left with seven seven seven. Is it not seven eleven? Oh yeah, it's seven eleven because he calls her twenty four seven. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets left with seven eleven, who drugs him and then ties him up. And then tries to get him to admit that he's gay. And that's why he hasn't slept with anybody. <laughs> it's just this really weird, out of the blue, just boom. I've got no idea what's going on right now. I wasn't expecting it to go that way. Yeah. I was following some, some BDSM <laughs> scene. It, um, it, it is, it, it yes, is. it actually is. Yes, She's got this huge whip in her hand. <laughs> and it's just sort of, that's a turn. That's just weird. And then they solve it. And their solution is, let's never talk about that again. <laughs> And then she dies. <laughs> and I think... Ties to follow who sends. So it's just this weird thing that's happened to him that he's going to tell nobody, and he doesn't. And it's just, oh, God, I don't know what's going on with it. Alan, question. Yeah? Should I read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you like comic books, I'm sort of... I have a sort of love-hate relationship with comic books. I really like them. But occasionally I just look at them and just like, this is the most ridiculous thing in the world. You love the most ridiculous things in the world, Alan. I like ridiculous things that are actually meant to be ridiculous. I don't like ridiculous things that are just sort of stupid. Comics are always meant to be ridiculous. Stop. Comics are meant to be <laughs> not stupid. There's a big difference. What? Yeah. Are you living in the Golden Age comics? Like 60s Batman is how it's meant to be. There's always meant to be that sort of air. That's why... You, you the... are aware that Batman 66, right? Uh, I should totally read this. Okay, I'm changing what my suggestion <laughs> for you is right now. Oh, another comic book. Is there anything else to say about Why the Last Man? It's cool, and he spends a lot of the time in a cool-looking cape and gas masks. So I don't, know, I, I don't know what to say with this on a higher level. <laughs> I really, really like the artwork. But I thought it was it's quite it's yeah, a simple, really not like anything embellished or yeah. So I really uh, like it. And they changed the style a good bit. Like if they go, this style doesn't work for this yeah. thing we're doing. They'll just yeah. paint it differently. So I really like that. I'm definitely going to finish it, I think. Yeah, that was my next question. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good, yeah good, good. It's, I think it's, a, it's very rare for comic books to have a very clear beginning and end. Yeah. And Why the Last Man is one of those that does have that, and it does have a good ending, and you do feel after reading it, I am satisfied with how you've completed the story. Cool. So um, that's what we've been doing for the past two weeks. So in the next two weeks... Got to give ourselves some new tasks to do. And we're going to change it up this time. And we're going to have two small cycles going. So I'm going to give something to Nick. Nick's going to give something to me. Dave's going to give something to Sandy. And Sandy's going to give something to Dave. Um, sure. Dave and Sandy, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Sure can. Yeah, okay. So I've decided to change it up a bit. Seeing as we've stuck to films, TV, comic books, books, and games, I've decided to give a some music to Sandy. So I think um, there's a new album out by Two Gallants um, called We Are Undone, a band from San Francisco that I like quite a lot, and they're touring in the UK at the moment. Going to see them in about two weeks. That's going to be great. And uh, I just think she should uh, listen to their album, the new album. Thanks, Dave. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to give Dave one of my favourite games, and it's uh, Mass Effect. I hear that Dave has all three of them, but has never played any of them, so I think it's about time. Yeah, I, I really mean needing to get onto this series, so probably a good it's thing. It's very long game, so I think we should maybe establish a point that you should get up to at least. Or, or, or just play as much as you can. And yeah. I'll try and play a bit every day and see where that gets me. Okay. Well, I 
could give Alan a thing. And since I tried to give Dave a TV show, I ended up watching a radio show, listen to a radio show, and I give Alan a radio show. You must listen to the BBC's sci-fi sitcom Nebulous. Nebulous? Okay, okay. So it's, uh, it's another comedy? It is a comedy. I am paid by BBC Radio Comedy Division to just advertise all their things. Oh, cool. <laughs> they literally pay you in peanuts. Uh, I wish. It's more like packing peanuts. No idea what I'll even use them for. It's just, you know, it's just human contact, you know? <laughs> Someone comes up from the BBC and hugs you once a week. It's all I ask for. Yeah, this is pretty good. Funny. I try it. Uh, shove it in your ear holes. I shall, I shall, I shall. Alright, bring, bring it on me, bring it on me now. Come on. Cool. Alright, I was uh, I was thinking of a hot game to give you, and I think I'm going to go with the slightly unconventional game theme that I've got going, and um, I'm going to give you The Uncle Who Works for Nintendo. And it's uh, the Flash game, and it's about the uncle who works for Nintendo. <laughs> And it, it, it is a horror game, so I'm expecting that from you. And I know you're not a huge fan of horror games, but neither am I. But I re- I love the horror genre, but it's like playing horror games and watching horror movies is something I can't do without people in the room and the lights on. I once um, tried to play Alien Isolation at night time with the only light being a lamppost on the other side of the road from me with no one else up, and I couldn't sleep. The alien was, was trying to kill me. Kill me. So I, I think that brings us nicely to the end. Thank you for listening to Perfect Commotion. You can find us online at perfectcommotion.co.uk, on Twitter at Perfect Commotion. That's with one M because of Twitter's name limits. If you want to give us feedback, you can email us at feedback at perfectcommotion.co.uk. You can also email any of us via our own names at perfectcommotion.co.uk. And thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.